From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. I'm Scott Armstrong and I have some other servants that are with me. Uh, Love the topic of today, but first of all, I need to introduce everybody. To my left is AJ Fry. Hey guys. And then to his left, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. And then across from me, Natalie Franco. Hi. We introduced Natalie in the last episode, and she is with us again. Thank you for coming, Natalie. <laughs> You're welcome. And then, of course, last and not least, Chelsea <laughs> Fry to my right. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact. <laughs> Polar bears could eat as many as 86 penguins in in a single sitting. <laughs> oh, that is just gluttony. If they that didn't live cr- at opposite ends of the earth. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Man, those are some smart penguins. <laughs> yeah, and Polar bears, bears live in yeah. the Arctic where penguins live in the Antarctic. I feel like I was tricked. Like, you were tricked. <laughs> so what do polar bears eat? Not penguins. Mm-hmm. And I love How do they know? penguins. They probably put a polar bear. How do you say it? With penguins. stuffed penguins. Thank you. See, she says penguins. I say penguins. I say what penguins. What do you say? Penguins. 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 Thank yeah. you. Natalie's she, correct. Yeah. <laughs> She's the one that's actually taking English classes. Right. So you can find us on Facebook and weigh in on how you say it. P-I-N-G or P-E-N-G. Oh, no, no, no. That is that <laughs> not how you write it. How that's you, not that's fair how you because say it's it. spelled with an E. But you it's right. it. The way she said it was totally... <laughs> Biasing our, yes. uh, our listeners. Haters. <laughs> well, we're going to move from that into <laughs> our topic of today. And there are certain moments where the fun fact has nothing to do. I can't even. I don't know that they ever. I have, have no transition. To, say. Sometimes I find one, but this, today I have none. Um, we are going to continue our topic from last episode, which is. 10 practical steps for planting new churches. Now, we only touched on two of those steps because it's so good. This is a document from our friend and a church planter and missionary, Manuel Molina, who's in the south of Mexico. And, um, you know, this, now we're going to go for step three and step four. And so uh, let's go ahead and let's do this. Step three, after intentional prayer, after planning, we get to step three, which is finding and making contacts. Now, I loved this one because I see sometimes that the missionaries that we train, and I should mention, we use this document to train a lot of our missionaries that are going out with Genesis, which is our ministry. And, you know, a lot of them struggle with this part of it. They think of the official planning. They think of official programming and services and different things. But just making contacts anywhere and everywhere seems to be difficult for them. So let's talk about that. What are some of the key principles that he brings out? Well, I think even one of the things that, you know, you just mentioned as you were talking about the missionaries that are serving in Genesis, one thing that we've seen done really, really well uh, with the group that's out currently is um, there is a group of missionaries that are in Querétaro, uh, Mexico, and they have been involved in like 
computer, like teaching people computer skills. They've been involved in soccer clubs. They've been involved in family counseling, in learning sewing, Um, like everything that they could think about their gifting and their talents of how they could meet new people. Like they just started doing everything that they could. And pretty quickly, they had like this gigantic list of contacts because obviously when, you know, somebody says, hey, we're going to have a time for your kids to come and play soccer in Mexico, especially the kids are like, sign me up. And there's like 20 that are there, you know, after the first week of being there. And one thing that I like to think about that as is we had heard a district superintendent in Central California last year um, speak about um, reckless sowing of seed. And he used the parable of the sower. And he called the attention to the fact that the sower was sowing seed everywhere. It wasn't his decision of where he sowed the seed. He didn't just say, oh, I've got one seed and I'm going to put it in very fertile ground. Like the sower of the seed was throwing it on the path and throwing it in the, in the um, I was going to say the spines, <laughs> which is very Spanish, was throwing it in the thorns, was throwing it in the rocks. But then he also was throwing it on fertile soil. And um, we thought about it as like that reckless nature of sowing. And so I think about that when we're looking for contacts, we're just looking for um, whoever would be receptive to hearing God's word and how the Holy Spirit might be working in their life. You never say, there's a place that I wouldn't go because that's not our job. Our job is to go everywhere and sow the seed everywhere we go. So I love that. Every time I read that passage, like I think if I were, if I were walking alongside this sower and he's just throwing everywhere, I'd be like, bro, you got you got to focus, man. I mean, you're wasting seed. But the concept seems to be that in everything we do, we have to be sowing seeds. So I'm going to ask, what does that mean for us, right? I mean, that doesn't mean just on Sunday mornings when we're in a church building or when we're at an official event that we've organized for our church plant. I mean, this means everywhere, right? I think one of the most creative ways that I've seen this done is here in the Dominican Republic, they love to play dominoes and you'll see it oh, everywhere. Yes. Like people <laughs> on the street, you can just go by any corner store, which they call colmados. So people are playing dominoes everywhere. And one of the most creative things that I saw is that during the urban invasion activity that we had several months ago, um, there we had a podcast about that too. You can go back and listen to that. Promo. <laughs> <laughs> but during that, like one of the outreach activities was to set up like a dominoes tournament in this neighborhood. So as we walked through the neighborhood, we like shouted out to people that were like just hanging out on their balconies or on the street and said, Hey, we're gonna have a Domino's tournament. Do you want to be a part? And this one guy, (laughs) this was hilarious. This one guy from like the third story of his apartment balcony, him and his friend were just hanging out there. And we, we mentioned this and he says, yes, wherever there's Domino's, I am there. <laughs> so he Natalie's was there. Like, that was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm so bad playing Domino's and my dad is even worse. So <laughs> you I love you, dad. <laughs> if you're listening. If you listen. <laughs> but it was just so amazing. He was there. So that was great. But it was just an amazing way to like connect with the people, the people in that, in this community love to play dominoes. So find something that they love to do that they're familiar with and use that as their opportunity to get to know them and to make those contacts. It didn't have to be anything fancy, anything special. There wasn't any like presentation 
planned or anything. They did have some awards for the winners plans, and so that was cool. But um, did you win? I did not. No, <laughs> I, I'm the whitest one there, so <laughs> there's no way. Um, but that was really fun and just very creative way of of thinking about doing something that the community loves to do and use that as an opportunity for the church to get involved. What are some other creative ways that you have seen to just sow seeds, make contacts? So, yes, actually, yes. My church, a few years, few years ago, we used to go every Sunday after the service to this place to where like we can... Look out. Mm-hmm, exactly. Right? So we can we were able to play baseball in there. What? That's and, cool. yes, so the church, actually, we used to play together. And some people who were just walking by, mm-hmm. they stopped and they were playing with us mm-hmm. every single Sunday. And we got these, we get this opportunity to talk uh, about the gospel to wow. them. And, you know, we were playing first. We didn't say anything about God. But after playing, when we were sharing, we were talking. And then after that, we were telling them, you know, God, you know what? Mm-hmm. God loves you. And yeah. we were taking that opportunity to, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, that's so cool. Sure. Yeah. I, I feel like this is a super Dominican episode. Yeah. We're talking it about is. dominoes and baseball. And baseball. And yeah. We so love awesome. baseball. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a little bit better playing baseball. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a little. We're finding stuff out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For me, um, I've seen this played out in bivocational situations. So I worked at a YMCA. I think that I might have even told this story before, but it speaks to this so good. Um, I worked at the YMCA at the front desk, and my job was just to scan entrance cards. But I would do it with a smile and welcome them. How are you? How's your day? I hope you're doing well. And then I'd keep details. So, like, somebody would come in and they'd be having a rough day. Why are you having a rough day? My daughter was sick. So the next time they came in, how's your daughter? Um, is everything going around? And that spoke volumes wow. to them. And mm-hmm. so slowly but surely I built up this, this, I don't, following's not the word I want. It's small what? Chelsea fan club. No, yeah. <laughs> it was just like this group of people that felt welcomed and desired and, um, known. And so it was cool because I think if I would have been in that situation as a church planter, it would have been very easy to say, you see the joy that's coming through this it's it's very easily transferable let me give it to you so Mm. they were my contacts Mm -hmm. well and i think we're talking about really creative ways i I like what you just shared that was your job like you weren't like what do i have to do on my saturday off to be able to reach people like you were like Literally, I'm spending, I don't know if it was 40 hours a week or whatever, but I'm spending a lot of time this week. So that's the time right where I am that I'm going to make contacts. I mean, I really had to focus on this because I just when I go to get gas at the gas station, like I used to just be like, no, that's to get gas. I mean, I mean. Let's not think of it as anything else. When I go to the supermarket, I'm going to buy food. I'm not going to like make contacts. And I felt checked by God, by Holy Spirit saying, well, it's not just the official times that you're doing churchy things that you, <laughs> that you can make contacts, you know, yeah. you are living in the city. You are living in this place. So just develop relationships, make contacts. And I feel like I've gotten a lot better in the last few years than I was even, even as a rookie missionary, you know, just starting out. 
I think the I think the word that we keep coming coming back to and probably will keep coming back to is this intentionality. Like we as Christians should live with intentionality in whatever we do, even if we're at the supermarket or at the gas station. Um, here in this country, they pump your gas for you. You don't get out and pump it, but um, <laughs> so that's a little bit easier. Like to talk to the person who's pumping your gas, but like at the supermarket, go find the same person at the supermarket to check you out. Go find that person and always check out with them, even if their line is the longest. So that way you can keep up that contact. You can maintain that relationship with that person. I think intentionality is the the word that we should have printed on our t-shirts. <laughs> well, and I think when we talk about contacts in like the mentality of church planting, you truly start to see if somebody believes that the church is the people or if the church is the building, because contacts are people. Contacts are the people that become the church eventually. So as a church planter, you would say, I'm nothing without the people, right? Like my mm-hmm. job goes zero, goes nowhere if they're not people that are coming to know the Lord, or even if I know the people who need to come to know the Lord. But when church planters would start with like a building mentality, you know, you can, it kind of shows their hand a little bit if it's like, oh, well, I'm going to get all the building stuff in order and then start looking for people it's like well it might be a little backwards <laughs> yeah this is really good he even says pastor manuel says have a follow-up plan for the contacts like actually keep a notebook and you're starting to pray for them intentionally as you said aj and that leads us into step four so we've made a lot of contacts we've sowed a lot of seed so now step four is the process of of evangelism. Now, right off the bat, the title Mm -hmm. speaks to me. I don't know about you guys. The process of evangelism. Wait a second. Isn't evangelism just sealing the deal, presenting what, you know, what you have to offer and then getting them to make a decision? Yeah. It's knocking on their door and handing them a flyer. Yeah. (laughs) You want it or not. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that he says the process. What's he getting at when he's talking about that? I think so many times we, we rush people into making the quote unquote decision for, for Christ. And it is a decision you have to make. Always when I think of evangelism, like the first thing that comes to my mind is like the evangel cube or handing out tracks. And that may, may be effective in some places, but on, in a lot of places that I've experienced, they're not that effective. What you need to have is more of a relationship. And so that's where the process comes in, I think. But I think so many times we rush into this, okay, I met this person today. I need to know if they are ready to make a decision for Christ. I need to know right now in the five minutes that I'm with them, the five minutes that I just met them, they don't even know me. Or they may not even know what this Christian life is about. But I need to know from them right now, are they ready to make this decision? And I think... A lot of times that scares people or forces mm-hmm. people into making a false decision, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so when you say a process of evangelism, that says to me, building the relationship and using that relationship to evangelize this person. Yeah, I think there are two ways that we can kind of commit an error in this, right? So on one side, we can just be really relational and just never get to the point. Maybe we later can talk about that. There does need to be a point where you say, hey, I'm going to just offer you hope here in this moment. I'm going to tell you why I have the hope that I have, you know. But then the other side is just, well, if you're just trying to close the deal, I I always use that kind of as a business term. Well, that's not going to be helpful either. And we're not going to see permanent change. I know in my, in events that I've been a part of, someone has made a decision because I have talked to them just in five minutes and they've made a decision. 
And then we're always stunned why afterwards they they don't necessarily want to continue and be discipled and read the Bible. And, well, Mm -hmm. they may have just made the decision to get me off of their porch. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. For me, the flip-flopping of that. So I had mentioned earlier the story of, like, when I was bivocational at the YMCA. And people would make comments about, like, you're just always so happy. You're just always smiling. And when we left, people were sad. And like people that were not Christian donated to our missionary journey. Like financially, they were investing in this, even though they didn't believe the same things. Because you were leaving that job to go to the mission. Yeah. And I I realized that it was just a matter of of offering this joy to them. I had I had spent six months to a year in their life just literally opening the door and scanning their card guides. I did not do much more than that. And I'm trying to help them find a water bottle maybe or something. But it was simply just saying like, you have so much joy. Why are you so happy? Because I have Christ. And that woke people up a lot of the times when I would respond with that. I have so much joy because I'm free. It changes this mentality of evangelism. I I don't know that the evangelism tools that are created are effective or not effective. They are not effective with me. I know that to be true. The ones that you've seen. Correct. Yeah. Because I'm not a scripted person. I mean, it's hard to even do this podcast because I'm not scripted enough. And so... (laughs) (laughs) It does tend to be random. Yes. (laughs) And so, like, like to put me in this box of saying, like, you got to show these pictures and recite this thing. Like, that doesn't, that's not how I function, and it's not how I share joy. And to me, that's the thing that we have to offer and makes this decision-making process so much easier when we just say, you don't have to have it all together today, but, like, do you want to experience this freedom and this this burden lifted off of your shoulders? It makes things a lot lighter. Um, it's a hard decision because it demands a lot. But it also, the joy outweighs the hardship of it. Um, And if your life is living this example, so in the process of what we've been talking about, we start with prayer, then planning, and then contacts. Like at this point, when you're talking about evangelism, these people should have been in your life now for some period of time. It's not a cold call. So you're just simply saying, do you want what I have? Do you want to be on my team? Yeah. Exactly. Well, actually, I've been thinking about this a lot of time. Uh, Usually we say more by actions, by showing than with words. As people were asking Chelsea, why are you so happy all the time? Like she didn't even have to do anything. Just being herself, being freedom, like to, to have this, just to smile all the time and maybe help others. People, people are like, are like, why? People wonder why. And then they ask her, why are you like that? And then this is, this is a moment for her to tell the others, you know, it is because I have Christ in my heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the important things about evangelism, something I've been, I've seen before, it's you cannot give what you don't have inside. You can, mm-hmm. so we That's have good. to be eva- evangelism. Mm-hmm. It huh. is about being first mm-hmm. so we can share that. That's really good. I'm hearing from each of you. There does come a point if after the relationship building, when we do have to, Emily, you said turn the corner, we have to actually say, okay, I'm going to turn this conversation 
to a spiritual nature, not in a weird way, a cultic way, right? But in a way that's like, hey, I recognize this opening that the Holy Spirit is providing, and I want to walk through that. Yeah, yeah I think that's what the Lord desires of us. And that's why Manuel would use the word like a process of evangelism, because the seeking the Holy Spirit's work. There are times, in fact, we have a very beautiful testimony of a time that the Holy Spirit was preparing somebody that our church did not know. And in that (laughs) meeting, the guy was like, I want to know how to know God. Like the Holy Spirit was preparing him for that first time meeting, you know, the cold call or whatever. And so like it does happen. Like in his home or in. Right. Like on the streets. It was on the street evangelism. And you were trying to they were just trying to make contacts more than anything. And it turned into this evangelistic encounter. So definitely that happens. And I don't think any of us would say that never happens. However, Mm -hmm. I do feel like a large majority of the time it's that the church is. Often what I would say is the church is being the church. Um, Mm -hmm. So, Natalie, when you're in the university, you are being like Christ. And so you have an opportunity to share Christ with others when they see how you're a student, Mm -hmm. when they see the priority that you placed on organizing your life around Christ-centered things. And and they start to wonder about that. And we see that when we go to soccer games, you know, our son (laughs) plays soccer. And so we're sitting with other parents that are like, wow, you guys, you know, you do your life differently. And why did Elijah miss that um, soccer game on Sunday morning, you know, and it definitely opens up a conversation, you know, and (laughs) it's not that they're going to be like, we want to follow your Jesus too, but it is constantly talking and getting to know people, but turning the corner. And it could be, you know, of that soccer example, it could be that somebody's like, oh, you guys missed a Sunday and be like, yeah, we just have other things to do. Like that would be a cop out, right? (laughs) And so we're saying turn the corner, like there is an open door there. And so enter the open door and say, yeah, well, Christ is a very big part of our lives and we meet with our church on Sundays and we want our son to have that as a priority as well. Like that's all it really needs to be. And if the conversation goes further, then it becomes a longer evangelistic process. That makes me think of this. I accidentally went grocery shopping with my Uber driver one time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole new story. Do you remember that? You do? Okay, see, I share things. Um, But He was pushing my cart and I was getting the stuff on my grocery list. And my grocery list is kind of long because I meal plan because we try to be careful with our budget because we are trying to be good stewards with God's money. Like there's this trickle effect, right? And so towards the end of it, my cart's pretty full. And he's like, do you shop like this every day? Every day. day. No, I do not. But it was this weird opening of a door to be able to say, no, we try to be careful with our money because we want to make sure we're taking care of God's resources. It was probably too much. I probably went overboard. Plus, my Spanish was still really, this was like at the very <laughs> beginning. My Spanish was, I couldn't even tell him I didn't want him to come in the store with me. So there's yeah. that. But Which is the reason he came. <laughs> exactly. So, it, I mean, I probably missed this opportunity, but maybe not. Maybe it was mm. more of my actions, but that's just funny. Like, yeah. the Lord opens doors. <laughs> he he mentioned something that I love, um, and it's in the last paragraph under this step. And he just says, use the Bible in such a way that the new believers are willing to seek God in the Word. He will speak to them through it. Avoid simply answering a question they can find for themselves in Scripture. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that. And even just the hunger that people have for the word of God almost starts to become an evidence 
even before they've made the decision of like, oh, God's already working in this person's Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that speaks to like the prayer going back to the first step, like our, our diligence and prayer will lead us to those people who are ready to accept, you know, are ready, like have had that hunger. And then all that God needs is for us to talk to them. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, God has already been working on them, but now we need to speak to them. I think that's, that's beautiful. I also think of the example that you guys have set, Scott and Emily, for learning the Bible and having a hunger for it for our kids and teens. Um, You may not even know this. I don't know. But we came for a pre-site visit um, before we actually moved here. And that night you invited us into your family devotional time. And you just read through, I don't even know what book it was. I think it might have been First Kings, actually. And you just take a chapter and read through it with your kids. Everybody reads one verse and you included us. We, we read two. <laughs> and um, at the end, you just ask, did something stand out? Was there something funny? Do you have a question? Like it's just this open ended. What is God saying to you? Maybe kind of thing. And I just think that's so cool that you started this hunger with your kids at this age, they're still under your care and under your supervision that you've started speaking into their lives and helping them walk through it, not by themselves. So many times when we were in youth ministry, I would hear the teen say to me, I just don't know how to do devotions or I don't know how to love reading my Bible. I don't enjoy reading. So why am I going to do that on my own? Mm -hmm. And so you guys have taken that on and said, well, this might not be, the most understanding book that you've ever read, but we're going to walk through it with you. And that was huge. And so we took that principle and we applied it to our youth group when we got back because we still had like two months left Mm -hmm. between transitions. So we went back and we did it. From the outside, we had a parent come up to us and be like, that was kind of a dud youth group meeting. You guys didn't put much thought into it. You just Mm -hmm. had everybody read scripture. Like it (laughs) kind of looked like we didn't plan a lesson, right? Mm -hmm. But it was probably one of the most engaging conversations we'd had with the entire group. And sitting in that room when we did it, I will never forget this. We had three people, three teenagers that had never walked into youth group before. Hmm. And they were, one, they read the word of God out loud, which Hmm. was awesome. And for teens, it's so good for them to read out loud. And then two, everybody had to have a question or a statement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so... They spoke about it and we answered the questions and we even told some of them, we don't have an answer to your question, but we're going to walk through that. Mm -hmm. And I just think that created intrigue in them. A lot of them came back to me later and were like, we finished the book (laughs) because we just started at the beginning, I think, of John or something. And they were like, we finished John. Nice. (laughs) Awesome. And that shows that the Holy Spirit is moving in them too, not just the leader, not just in this case, like the church planter or the youth pastor in your case, but he's moving in the lives of these people. And and I think that's a good way to end maybe acknowledging, oh, when we're just paranoid that we have to present the gospel and we, well, we've talked here in the last few minutes, just, hey, it's offering joy and hope to somebody. I mean, wouldn't you want to do that? And then also, instead of being so nervous about it, just recognizing, God's already at work. I'm just joining him where he's already working. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to force the door open, you know? Well, actually, I remember my very first time I was doing evangelism. It was in Haina. I was with Freya Galindo. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. She was, I was just looking at her. She's so great at, you know, preaching. She's so great. <laughs> and she was just with this 
beautiful personality talking about God and people were so happy by listening whatever she was saying and she was like now it's your turn I was like what <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm, I'm not good I'm so nervous I don't know I was afraid like it was my very first time and I was like she was like okay but just do it little by little you will see yeah. with time with practice it's going to be better and better and better mm -hmm. and I was like okay let me just give it a try and Oh my lord, <laughs> I was tingling, you know, I tingle, I do it a lot. <laughs> I was tingling and I was like trying to say what I had in my heart because I, I am not good like at reading, like I was not good at that time. I'm not good now, but you know, at that time I was, <laughs> and um, I was telling the people what I have in my heart, how great I feel since I decided to follow Jesus the, mm. but the joy I have in my heart and by saying what what I was saying I was feeling so great right. I was feeling full of joy mm. and I cried a little bit <laughs> so it, it was because of the emotional it, it was I felt God was just right next to me helping me awesome. yeah. yeah and it was genuine yes exactly so people probably didn't understand too much what I want what I wanted to say but for me, it was the very first time, and now I can talk with people without any fear, and I am able to, you know, to talk with others about the gospel. That's so awesome. that's, that's cool. cool. Mm -hmm. And the shout out to Freya, yeah. who we yes. miss, <laughs> but she's awesome. And she's so, amazing. In fact, you know, there may be other people that are kind of saying, "I'd like to know more about church planting or about what you're talking about." Emily, how can they get a hold of us if they want to do that? Yeah, we'd love to connect with you through our website, www.mesoamericagenesis.org. There's like a contact us uh, button that comes straight to us. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at the Worthless Servants Podcast. Um, just send us your name through Messenger. Give us your email. We'd love to put you in contact with uh, Urban Church Planting, which is what Genesis is about. And we have uh, church planting initiatives all over the region that we would love to get your information to people that would love to talk to you. Awesome. We're going to continue this series in uh, the next few episodes. But for now, we are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm Natalie Franco. And I'm Chelsea Fry. And we will talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.